Hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes and Technology. My name is Opal Singleton and we come to you every Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock right here on AM 590, The Answer. Well, my voice sounds a little bit different again. I don't know. Uh, My husband had COVID a couple of weeks ago and I never caught it from him, but I swear just hanging out with him maybe did it because my voice has never been the same. I sound like I'm maybe either going through the change of life or puberty. Who knows? But Anyway, I thank you so much for listening today. I really wanted to tell you how much that means to me. I've been doing this about five or six years, and this show, Exploited Crimes and Technology, is all about creating advocates and creating prevention and intervention for crimes that affect our families and crimes that affect our children. And, uh, you know, historically, we've concentrated heavily on human trafficking and social media exploitation. But I want to talk about something else today, because uh, I will tell you, I I talk to many of you in person, uh, talk to many of my friends, and we're all seeming like we're going through some sort of uh, altered reality these days. I don't know if it's that like that for you, but... I will watch a TV show and I say, that's not real. That's not true. What they said is not true. Uh, Where do they get their evidence? How are they backing that up? And yet they lay that out there just like it's true. And we're seeing that, you know, we're not really having inflation. Uh, My producer and I were talking before, you know, you hear we're not having inflation. And you think, what's wrong with me? You know, because when I pay $5.50 a gallon for gas, I say to myself, looks like inflation. But we hear every day, no, it's not really. And, you know, I've been thinking heavily about this. Crime isn't crime. You know, these things that they present out there are not really happening. And I think to myself, how much social media, and regular media has changed our perspective. And I want to talk about that with you today. It started for me because I was out to dinner last night at one of my favorite little restaurants, and they had the TV on, and they were showing another smash and grab. In fact, they showed about 15 minutes. This was a a local television station out of uh, L.A., And they were showing like 15 minutes of the various smash and grab kind of burglaries and robberies going on throughout Southern California. They showed uh, some shooting. I think it was in a a car show over in uh, San Pedro where a public event and the shooting began. And they're showing where people just go into a store in a swarm and they start grabbing everything they want. And it's not even clear if they're an organized ring. But the more I research this, the more I realize that they're not really organized. 
that a lot of this has to do with media and social media. So I want to talk about the impact today of being connected in a global world and how that's changed our lives and specifically how it's changed lives around crime and crime solving. One of the headlines I uh, saw today, most of you know that I do massive amounts of research. I've been doing this for years and years and years. And uh, I, one of the headlines I read was rapper shot dead after a post on Instagram telling anyone who wants to smoke him, I'm at my crib. And I'm reading this thing. Uh, it's put out uh, by, by, in this case, Louder with Crowder. Uh, so uh, not your big newspaper, but certainly somebody who's opinionated. But he's talking about a, an article from the New York Post. And what it's saying here is this rapper is going on. If you're going to talk blank, you better be ready to back it up and on and on and on. And he's daring people to come and kill him. And sure enough, what happens is within five minutes of airing this on social media, he was gunned down outside his apartment. This is in Tampa, Florida, uh, literally minutes after he told people, his critics, to confront him at his house in an Instagram post. Apparently, somebody uh, knew where he lived and accepted his offer. And the words that he's saying here, I can't repeat on the air because it's a family show. But certainly what he did for real and not kidding him, they took him seriously. And literally within five minutes, they came in and they ended up murdering him right there in his place. And I say to myself, you know, what's gone bonkers with the world? First of all, he's a rapper. And first of all, he's going to take chances and say things and do things. Uh, we see a lot that takes place in the name of rapping. And I've always been kind of amazed that for years and years and years, rappers went on and on and on about how they were pimps and how they beat up their girls and how the girls have, were of no value but to make money and that kind of thing. And they were absolutely derogatory and they were being done publicly and nobody seemed to do anything about it. It was considered entertainment. And yet they're announcing they're announcing a crime. So I really want to take a look at this impact here. I know that through social media is changed how we perceive events. And that is true of myself, even though I study this. And I'm sure that it's true of you. We see international events differently. I don't know about you, but I see war differently. Uh, I've seen and, and been around long enough for when the United States was in other wars. We're obviously not in the Ukraine war. I don't know about you, but I feel like at times I'm sitting in the Roman Colosseum watching the gladiators be perform and then are murdered. And I watch this country struggle for its right to exist for literally months now, as millions of people are displaced, and many of them are uh, murdered and uh, raped and uh, tortured and all kinds of things. And it's almost nightly entertainment. It's disgusting for me to watch that. I think 
there must be, with all the the power in the world of these countries, including America, there must be a way to stop this inhumanity instead of us just watching it each night going, oh, my, that's awful. And we all walk away. And apparently we give them enough money and enough uh, bullets and warfare and uh, equipment that they can defend themselves, but not win the war. And I, I listen to this thing, and but the media influences me. You see, I, I watched this, and before I'd read about it a day or two later in the paper. But now I'm watching it almost real time. And in many cases, we are watching it real time. And it changes our perspective on how things should be. And for me, it does change my perspective on the war in Ukraine. I, I watch that and I think to myself, those people are as valuable as every other nation in the world. Now, I'm not a politician and I'm not a war strategist by any means, but it is the right to life that I believe in. And it is sad to watch that. But it is the fact that I'm watching it real time changes my perspective. This happens for me, especially, for instance, in terrorism. When you see a bombing anymore, you don't just see a bombing. You see people who are planting and throwing bombs, but they are literally broadcasting it on their cell phone devices as they're running away. They want you to experience this real time, like you're really right there and it is happening to you. And that is the challenge with terrorism, because on the one hand, you are experiencing it with them and you see it and you're they're bringing you in on that. And it's very, very real. On the other hand, it's also bringing in other terrorists who want to participate, who say, I want to do that also. These people think like me. And so by being able to be in the moment on a criminal activity such as terrorism, you have people who are general run-of-the-mill day-to-day people who are experiencing that fear as if it's taking place right there in their own home with their own family, but it's also stimulating other bad people to join forces with them. So there is a huge thing going on in the world with social media. And I want to get deeper into it, but we're up against that break, folks. So stay with us and we'll be right back. Listen up, folks. You no longer have to drive out of the IE for a great restaurant experience. The Toasted Barrel, an upscale casual steakhouse located in Corona, has been winning award after award for their great diverse menu, service, ambience, wine, and cocktails. Customers call the barrel the perfect date night. Inland Empire Magazine has awarded them best restaurant four years in a row. Wine Spectator recognized the Toasted Barrel's wine program for their award of excellence. Toasted Barrel is famous for their certified Angus beef, prime, wagyu, and Kobe steaks, and they have some of the best pasta and seafood around. With happy hour and daily specials every day of the week, their appetizers and drink selections are the best around. Live music starts every Friday and Saturday at 5.30. 
planning a dinner party, wedding rehearsal, family gathering, or holiday party? Look up Toasted Barrel online and make your reservation today. Hello, this is Opal Singleton of Exploited Crimes and Technology. I want to tell you about a book I wrote called Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers. It's all about how predators access, groom, recruit, and exploit our young people using social media, online gaming, video chat rooms. Technology is changing at the speed of light, and we have to understand how to keep our kids safe from predators. So you can get this book by going to www.meandkids.org. It's $16. I'll sign it, and I'll ship it to you personally. We hope that you will order this book, educate yourself about how to keep our kids safe in this day of changing technology. Join us each Saturday for our radio show at Exploited Crimes and Technology at 3 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Real estate sales in the Inland Empire are really hot. Sellers and buyers recognize that these low interest rates will not last. Sean and Colleen at Caldwell Banker Armstrong Properties in Riverside are proud to sponsor this show. They are the best in the Inland Empire. They're fair, honest, creative, and they care about you and your situation. If you're in the market to buy or sell a home, call Sean and Colleen at 951-529-4066. AM 590, the answer. Hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes and Technology. This is Opal Singleton. The show is brought to you by Million Kids. Millionkids.org if you want to go online and see that. And normally we talk about things like human trafficking and social media exploitation. And we will be talking about some of that today. But I really wanted to just share with you how all of this global connection is changing our lives and changing crime and crime solving, not necessarily just the crime of human trafficking, but all kinds of crime. I believe the fact that we are globally connected means that we have a completely different perspective. I'm old enough to remember when, and you would read it, that it's usually about something that happened yesterday or last week, because by the time a reporter got out there and reported it and got it in print and then got that print out to you, time had passed. But with global connection, we are experiencing things all over the world in real time. We're also experiencing how we see it differently because the fact that it's really happening and then what you have is all of these pundits that come on. By the way, this is one of my big pet peeves. I can't stand it when I hear a speech and then some pundit comes on and tells me what I heard. Like I'm not smart enough to figure out what I heard myself, but they want you to hear it the way they heard it based on their beliefs and their thoughts. And that is one of the challenges. It gives platform to people all over the world that you normally would never, ever entertain their opinion or even know they existed. And that is because they can get airtime. Even if they're not on the big uh, news report, they can take a clip of it and make a TikTok, or they can do a Snapchat of it, or they can do an Instagram hashtag post and get their opinions out there. In fact, 
social media has developed an entire new industry of influencers and micro influencers. I guess uh, I was researching this today. If you're going to be an influencer, you better have a million followers. If you're just going to be a micro influencer, you can get away with 10 or 20 or 30,000. But everybody wants to make an impact through social media. They want to be discovered. They want to get the most likes, the most followers, and they want to be able to share their opinion. And I am no different, by the way. I obviously have a radio show where I do that. But it's an interesting thing when you have so many millions of people that giving input and giving videos and giving opinions all over the world. And so we have a tendency to look at our news differently. We have so many choices. We can pick and choose who we want to follow and who we don't. And we can, you know, create and a block spam for those people that we don't want. However, in exchange for that, we also are giving up our freedom because at that point you began to follow them. Let's say you buy something on Amazon. Uh, you know, let's say you're talking to Siri. I, I have an elderly cousin who has a uh, Alexa. I tell her, be careful what you say to Alexa, because everything you say is being sold. You see, all of this information being provided to you is a two-way street because the minute you access that information, they, whoever the platform uh, that you're dealing with is recording your likes, your dislikes, how long you're on there, whether or not you prefer uh, sexual content or that you're into gardening or if your favorite color is pink or your favorite artist is somebody uh, out there, all of that is being sold. So it's a two-way interaction, whether you realize that or not. That is why they call it artificial intelligence. So what is happening is that you get profiled, and that is true of our kids. So last night at this dinner I was at, uh, at a restaurant, we were watching all of these smash and grab robberies that were taking place in L.A., and there were many, many of them. So I did some research on this. I want to share with you uh, some of the articles I'm looking at. One thing that we noticed, the behaviors associated with smash and grab robberies and the rise in them directly correlates to other behaviors that we have been looking at, such as threats against schools and how they're manifested. So what is happening is these uh, smash and grab robberies are stimulating other people to come forward and join forces with groups that do it. Now, this is not a new phenomenon. This has been going on in child pornography for quite a long time. And that is uh, in our business, we combat uh, CSAM, child sexual abuse materials or child pornography. But we have known now for a long time working with law enforcement that pedophiles will find each other on the Internet and they will exchange information and they will form large scale rings and they may never have met. In fact, I would guess that probably 98 percent of them in a ring, let's say, have a ring with over 100,000 pedophiles in it. And that's not a large ring, by the way. I know of one that had over a million. But they meet by exchanging information and sharing information about their general likes or dislikes. 
and they begin to trust each other. In many of these cases, they don't even know each other's names. They go by handles. So especially with that particular crime, because if they get caught, they're going to serve 20, 30, 40 years in prison, unless, of course, you live in California. But normally there are very long sentences for these kinds of things. Well, I was reading this article here that said police say that the smash and grab robberies at Nordstrom, Louis Vuitton and Best Buy were organized on social media by groups of people who have never met. That is very, very similar to how child pornographers work and that they don't meet. They often use handles and they will show up at a certain time. Now, according to this article, it was written about the deal in San Francisco where they had suddenly 80 people came in and swarmed into Nordstrom. Uh, And in this case, the incidents included the Nordstrom store in Walnut Creek, the Louis Vuitton in uh, San Francisco, and the Best Buy store in Minneapolis. So they all took place in November. When they started to investigate these, they said that someone would place a post online and they would issue a target uh, location and a time on social media, but they didn't confirm how they're gathering their audience to get people to find these and uh, follow them. So what happened is they would post the time and the place the smash and grab would be. And literally all these people would show up. They don't know each other. They got the word on social media. And this was enough to activate them enough to show up and literally go in and loot and demolish these beautiful stores. Thieves raided the store in Nordstrom, California, 80 of them that did not know each other for over $100,000 of merchandise. They did it in one minute and they left in 25 separate cars. Now, you talk about the challenge for law enforcement to investigate that because it isn't like a gang. We can and law enforcement can monitor social media of gangs. And they do. Law enforcement uses social media in much of the time in order to be able to investigate these crimes. I know the crime of human trafficking. We have a crime analyst, a very, very smart young lady. Uh, who's very good on the computer. And uh, I knew the former one who is a, a good friend of mine and often go out, goes out and speaks on behalf of me and kids. But they will do a complete workup of a crime before it ever goes to an investigator. Uh, what, the, what is their social media posting? Do they have sex ads online? Uh, do they have uh, likes and dislikes of things that might be related Who are they talking to? Who are they connected to? Uh, Who are their friends on Facebook? Uh, Do they communicate on Facebook Messenger? And law enforcement will use social media because the crimes are being perpetrated initially on social media. And so this is an interesting thing because it changes crime and it changes crime solving. And it changes crime investigation. So you have the bad guys posting and people they've never heard of. In this case, 80 people showed up at Nordstrom, believing they have the right to go in and do a smash and grab and destroy a perfectly fine retail place. And they did that with people they absolutely don't know. 
It's kind of like a major protest, only it's a criminal activity. This is Opal Singleton. We'll be right back. Societal Shift, A World Without Borders and a Home Without Walls. This is the most important book you will read this year, especially if you have children or grandchildren. We are living at the most important time in all of history. In 2020, the entire world will be connected by internet, more than six billion people coming together. Technology will provide many great advantages for our kids, but a world without borders for our kids is also a world without borders for pimps, predators, pedophiles, cartels, and organized crime. It is a home without walls because 87% of the kids sleep with their phone. It is the greatest societal experiment of all time. Our kids are technology geniuses and their parents are technophobic. Some are techno impotent. New apps come with no warnings on how a predator will use them against our kids. Advancing technologies like encrypted messaging, vaporware, artificial intelligence, cryptocurrency, and the dark net will challenge law enforcement, teachers, and parents to keep kids safe. Recent research states that 9,000 kids a day are being blackmailed with a naked photo and 58% will meet their predator. It is indeed a societal shift and one in which most parents are unprepared. If you are a parent or grandparent, teacher, counselor, or social worker, please take time to read Societal Shift. Only $18.99 plus $6 shipping. Order today at millionkids.org. That's millionkids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N-K-I-D-S dot org. It'll be the greatest gift you can give your family and yourself. Order Societal Shift today. Million Kids takes checks and credit cards. Opal Singleton, the author, will personally sign the book and send it to you. Again, go to millionkids.org and order Societal Shift today. Join Million Kids. Keep our kids safe from predators. Hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes and Technology. My name is Opal Singleton. I appreciate each and every one of you that support our work and follow our work and also follow this show. You're just tremendous value, I hope, is given to you, but also value that you can share with society. And I believe that that's really, really important. We are changing at the speed of light. And sometimes it is very difficult to even comprehend the world that we're living in. I share this with you because so much of this really started way back in 2016, in my opinion. And that started when many people voted for a bill called Proposition 57. And that bill voted to let a lot of people out of prison early. But all of these bills that are presented to us, including the SB 357 that I often talk about that has been signed but has not been implemented yet, all of these bills have underlying conditions that nobody tells you about. In the case of SB 357 is the bill that will allow law enforcement Well, actually, I said that absolutely backwards. It will prohibit law enforcement from being able to intervene for loitering for the purposes of street prostitution. And it's actually called the California Safer Streets Act. And I tell you this because in six months when I'm back on the air, we're going to be talking about massive kinds of crime uh, crime waves. I can't say that word here related to that bill that cannot even be foreseen today. One of the things that I'm projecting here is that you're going to see a lot of your uh, Asian-oriented sex rings 
and I'm not picking on them because I know many, many fine Asian people, but in sex trafficking, many of these people are brought in from China, Taiwan, and Vietnam, and they are brought in legally and they are put in massage parlors for forced prostitution. And the problem with that is the girl doesn't get the money. She's brought in, she's abused, and she's threatened. And after the end of the day, all the money she has earned is taken from her, and that is funneled back in money laundering back to a foreign country. And now that we have made it so law enforcement cannot intervene, I am predicting there will be a major source of uh, people being brought in to earn revenue because they can, and that money will be taken out of our country. But more important, that violation of that young person and the exploitation will be taking place on our property, and there will be very little that can be done about that. By the way, uh, as I said, I know many fine people of Asian descent, and we are really going to need to call on them here in Southern California to assist us to help their fellow young people that get caught up in it. It isn't just the Asian community, it's also Hispanic community. This happens to the Caucasian community. But what will happen in many of these communities is the money is laundered back out to a foreign country. And I believe you're going to see an absolute epidemic of that take off once that bill is implemented. I was talking about Proposition 57 back in 2016. That bill allowed a lot of people to get out of jail early or out of prison early. And one of the things that people did not realize when they voted for that bill is that it, in essence, often does away with the three strikes rule. Even child sex crimes in the state of California are not considered violent or serious. And so what you're seeing here are people who might have a 30 year sentence, 10 years for the actual crime, but then maybe another 10 because they uh, you know, used a gun and maybe another 10 because of gangs. They are no longer enforcing those additional enhanced sentences. So that's allowing people out early. So you have a situation here where we've lowered the um, excuse me, we have raised the area where we actually prosecute for a crime. Uh, for instance, uh, back in 2014, we had Proposition 47 and hidden in that bill is a, a suggestion that you don't prosecute shoplifting for under nine hundred and fifty dollars. By the way, that has often taken place with a home loss, uh, home thefts that are happening if they're not major losses, even though you've been violated, even though that you were in danger for a period, it isn't as big an issue. So what you're seeing is kind of what we call decriminalizing crime. And that is making a huge difference on how uh, it takes place and, and what is prosecuted. And I believe a lot of that is going on with these smash and grab robberies. So you have an element where they're not really prosecuting, but then they're using social media to recruit people that they don't know to come in because it's like a swarm. It's like a, an exciting thing to them. 
And most of the people believe they're not going to get caught. And if they get caught, they're not going to be prosecuted. Well, it doesn't take long for gangs and cartels to figure out that if you get a group of people and they go in there and each of them steals something like that, that it's a quick way to make a lot of money and turn it into money laundering. But this talk here today is really about the power of social media to glamorize that. So what will happen in all of these articles that I've read is, and this one here is from uh, Forbes, it says the attacks are short, usually over in a uh, really short time, so that there isn't an effective response. And besides, if you might have one or two, maybe even three of your security people inside a store, but if 80 people are swarming in, Then you start to investigate it, and it's very, very difficult because they met online. They don't even know each other's names. They may know some, but if they do, they're not talking. And you, it isn't like you might have three people who consistently rob a bank and you can develop a pattern. These 80 people, the next time, maybe 20 of them will go in and do it again, but a different 20 each time. And they don't know each other, and they're doing it Uh, kind of as a lark and because they can and because they can get away with it. So the social media is changing all about how all of that works. We're seeing the same kind of thing happening with uh, this situation at the border. We're seeing uh, gangs and cartels that will use TikTok to recruit young people People they don't know, people they don't. It isn't like an organized crime where they're uh, committed doing the same uh, kind of crime over and over. They will convince a young person to borrow their mom and dad's SUV. (laughs) Keep keep those keys, mom and dad. Okay, they'll uh, borrow their mom and dad's SUV and they're told they can make three thousand dollars. And they have the various TikTok or Instagrams or Snapchats that they're using. They show up at a particular area. They pick somebody up. They take them to another place. It's a lark for a kid, but there is no organized element that they can that law enforcement can trace that back to. The problem is, if your kid's doing this, they can get a fairly long sentence. And by the way, that's why cartels are using social media to recruit your kid, is they don't want their kid going to prison. So this works quite well if you have a young person who is on one of those uh, kind of promotions. They think they can pick up some quick and easy money and off they go. That makes it much more difficult for law enforcement to nail them down. Now, if they can catch your child in the act, then, of course, they're using your SUV. That's usually called asset forfeiture, and you will be losing your SUV. But more important, your child now has a record. And more important, even if they don't get caught, they now have a relationship with organized crime. And trust me, they're not going to say, "Okay, let's just do this once and you go on and have a nice life. If they can find somebody they recruit, they're going to keep you in there. So that is how they're using all this social media to recruit our kids and recruit common uh, criminals. A lot of these people follow social media. They will join forces for one or two gigs, and then they move on and work with somebody else. But it is changing our lives. And at the bottom level of all this, one has to ask themselves, 
is there no sense of right and wrong, of morality or immorality? You remember last week on my show, we talked about the common denominator to make sure your kid goes straight, whether it's on the internet or whether or not they get caught up in one of these, is do they have the strength of character to do what's right instead of what's easy? This is Opal Singleton. We'll be right back. Custom Service Systems, a proud supporter of Million Kids, is a family-owned and operated commercial cleaning company servicing the Inland Empire and surrounding areas since 1974. CSS takes pride in their ability to maintain the business facilities they serve and their long-lasting relationships with their valued clients. CSS provides a variety of cleaning systems customized to client needs, including deep cleaning and disinfectant to be COVID-19 compliant. From basic office cleaning to windows and floors, CSS will clean up your mess so you don't have to stress. Custom Service Systems cares about families and communities and wants to give back. Custom Service Systems are proud supporters of Million Kids to keep kids safe from predators. If you need the best cleaning services for your business or corporation, contact Custom Service Systems at cssclean.com. Again, cssclean.com or call 951-781-9345. That's 951-781-9345. You will know you found the best. Custom Service Systems. Hello, this is Opal Singleton of Exploited Crimes and Technology. Let me tell you about my friend Doris Anderson at Remax Realty in Upland. She is amazing. She's kind, she's patient, but she listens. And she's informed and she will help you with your real estate transaction in a way that works for you. Doris, in full disclosure, often supports the work of Million Kids because she cares about young people. But she knows how to analyze a market, how to market a property, and how to find just the right transaction for both buyers and sellers. If you're looking to buy or sell real estate or invest in income property, contact Doris Anderson at Remax Realty 951-733-8899. That's 951-733-8899. 951-733-8899. This message is all about Million Kids, the organization that helps locate missing kids throughout Southern California and educates to keep kids safe from predators. Million Kids educates school administrators, teachers, parents, and teenagers how predators identify a potential victim and the methods they use to recruit innocent kids. BMW of Riverside is a proud supporter of Million Kids. Visit BMW of Riverside at the Adams Street exit off the 91 freeway or click bmwofriverside.com. AM 590, the answer. Hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes and Technology. This is Opal Singleton. We're talking about how the global world is changing because of social media. And one of the things that I have to point out and and I often see and I think about, we had uh, some friends of ours that have moved to California and uh, they are from back east. And one of their big concerns, their young people and their families' concerned is, is it safe here? Uh, and I find it always interesting. Uh, whenever I go to a foreign country, I, I think about my personal safety and is it okay? It, it's interesting. It makes me recall back when I was uh, working in a corporation and we had some people come over from uh, Taiwan, I think it was. No, it was uh, Cambodia. And they actually uh, secured liability insurance because they hear about all the crime in the U.S. 
And they were afraid of uh, being sued because they hear about all the lawsuits in in the United States. And I think to myself, when I go to their country, it would never occur to me to buy liability insurance, you know, (laughs) but but people are starting to ask, is it safe to come to California because of the level of crime? Well, you can kind of see how you think about it. I was sitting there in that restaurant watching all these smashing grabs last night and uh, the shooting down at San Pedro. My heck, I go to Sandy or excuse me, San Pedro area. I actually go to Long Beach and Seal Beach uh, nearly every week. And I don't think about, you know, being shot it isn't something I think about, but then you see the shootings on the on the uh, freeway and then you see these smashing grabs and you say to yourself, you know, maybe I shouldn't be going here or there because maybe it isn't safe. But then you see, you know, all these home invasions that are taking place here and uh, and you say, well, you know, what is day home? That ain't safe either. <laughs> anyway, so ain't. How did you like that word? I need to clean up my English. My English teacher be all over me. But it's it's an interesting thing how social media affects us because we go on and we experience these crimes because we're seeing them real time. It's very effective for these criminals because they can literally make it so that we're terrified of going anywhere and eating out in a in a restaurant out that's maybe outside in a drive-by shooting or, you know, going to a parade where something happens, it could be very easy to give in to all of this. I think we don't. I think that these are conversations that we need to have. And for me, it's a, a real important time, a, a great opportunity for parents to have this very discussion with your children and your grandchildren and talk about this. It's a, one of the things that I notice in working with young people online is that there's this sense that if it's done online, it doesn't count because it's not real. And I do think it's important to have a discussion about digital morality. What about the fact that they have used social media to recruit for criminal activity? And it's going to make it hard for people to be in business. And I think that's an important discussion to have with your children. What happens when these young people decide they're going to respond and go do a smash and grab? Is it okay to take something from somebody that is not yours? Is it okay to take something that is not gifted to you that you did not earn to just be able to say, you know, it's there and I have a right to it? Because that is what is happening in so many of these crimes, whether it's selling sex online or doing a theft in a uh, in a retail store. It really comes down to that sense of right and wrong. And I honestly believe since we're we're entering this generation, one of the most important things we can do is to prepare our kids to live in a world without borders. You see, technology isn't bad. It is no different than driving a car. You can go off to a university and get a degree, or you can go to a strip club and get in trouble. It is the decisions you make that will reflect who you are as a person. And just because other people are doing it does not mean that people aren't getting hurt. 
that there's no harm, no foul, that it's all just kind of a a big uh, media melee. And I do believe that when you see these kinds of things, it is important as adults to sit down with our grandchildren, our children, and say, what are your thoughts on that? You see social media is stimulating people to take action, and it seems exciting, and they get all together. But the same social media can be used by law enforcement to investigate these crimes, and they know how to do that. And it is the power of social media to solve crimes and to do good with the world. I've often thought that we can teach our young people if they raise money to dig a well in Kenya and they send that money over there. Now our young people can live stream over and talk to the people that are digging the well. I believe it's an important conversation to have with our kids about how to use social media in a way that empowers our society. Can it be used for bad? Absolutely. We see signs of that every night, but we're not seeing enough signs on how to do social media in a healthy and prosperous way that helps each other. You know, our our young people have more opportunity to create their own businesses than ever before, because now you can create product and sell it online. That's a healthy way to do that. And maybe you want to donate some of the proceeds to a good cause. There are good ways to do this. Social media and being connected all around the world will have a powerful negative impact on us if we let it. But social media, as it changes our lives all around the world, can have a positive, powerful impact on our kids. And the decisions have not changed. There is right and there is wrong. There is taking the high road and there's taking the low road. And whatever road you take will define your character for the rest of your life. So we can all look at the social media and say, you know, shake our heads. And we do (laughs) at times. But I was thinking how important it is that we teach our young people the power of social media to combat crime, to solve crime and to protect victims and to help victims get a new life and teach people to protect themselves when they're out in society And also use it to reach out to family members, family members that maybe are in isolation because of COVID, and that you can interact with them and that you can share with them and you can bring your family closer together and you can be proud of each other and you can keep each other informed. You see, the decision is up to us as leaders, as parents, as faith-based leaders of how to use this technology. And I believe that there is a powerful calling to use this technology for good. My name is Opal Singleton, and this organization is brought to you by Million Kids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N, MillionKids.org. We're an organization that helps uh, combat human trafficking, especially kids that get caught up in sex trafficking or social media exploitation, or they send that photo out without realizing what is happening and where photos go when you hit send. 
And we try to be that buffer. We try to be that intervention. We try to prepare parents and grandparents on how to talk to their kids about this so that so that they're not back in the 1950s, that they're uh, modern with it and they can have that communication with your child. That is the work that we've done, and we've done it for a very long time. I want to thank each and every one of you that support our work. Uh, we take calls from parents that have kids that are in trouble. We have done several today already. And uh, it is heartbreaking when a child or a grandchild takes the wrong path. But it doesn't have to be the end of the world. There is intervention and we can do prevention. The most important thing, I think, is understanding the world of technology and having those tough conversations with your kid in a loving and friendly way to make your kid a leader, a leader to live in a world without borders and a home without walls. And that is the calling that we do. I so much thank each and every one of you that write to me at opal, O-P-A-L, at millionkids.org. And I especially appreciate each and every one of you that send us a donation. You can get our address or uh, donate online at millionkids.org. You folks have a great week. Put your arms around your family and let you know how proud you are of them. We'll see you next Saturday at 3 o'clock on AM 590. Societal Shift, A World Without Borders and a Home Without Walls. This is the most important book you will read this year, especially if you have children or grandchildren. We are living at the most important time in all of history. In 2020, the entire world will be connected by internet, more than 6 billion people coming together. Technology will provide many great advantages for our kids, but a world without borders for our kids is also a world without borders for pimps, predators, pedophiles, cartels, and organized crime. It is a home without walls because 87% of the kids sleep with their phone. It is the greatest societal experiment of all time. Our kids are technology geniuses and their parents are technophobic. Some are techno impotent. New apps come with no warnings on how a predator will use them against our kids. Advancing technologies like encrypted messaging, vaporware, artificial intelligence, cryptocurrency, and the dark net will challenge law enforcement, teachers, and parents to keep kids safe. Recent research states that 9,000 kids a day are being blackmailed with a naked photo and 58% will meet their predator. It is indeed a societal shift and one in which most parents are unprepared. If you are a parent or grandparent, teacher, counselor, or social worker, please take time to read Societal Shift. Only $18.99 plus $6 shipping. Order today at millionkids.org. That's millionkids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N-K-I-D-S dot org. It'll be the greatest gift you can give your family and yourself. Order Societal Shift today. Million Kids takes checks and credit cards. Opal Singleton, the author, will personally sign the book and send it to you. Again, go to millionkids.org and order Societal Shift today. Join Million Kids. Keep our kids safe from predators.